Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome into episode 119 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? Doing fantastic, Jack. How are you? I've been a little better. Uh, as you know, one of my favorite targets in the class uh, announced his commitment on uh, Monday, whatever day today is, it's been such a, a whirlwind of a day, uh, announced his commitment to Duke, choosing the Blue Devils over the likes of Kentucky, uh, Florida State, North Carolina, so Michigan, so on and so forth. Yes, it is a decision that we kind of felt pretty comfortable with late in the weekend, but leading up to his abrupt commitment announcement, Nobody had any real idea where he was going. It was a complete spur-of-the-moment thing. The last I had talked to Derek, uh, he said that he was planning a decision late fall during basketball season, uh, leading up to high school, his senior season, maybe even afterward, uh, potentially as late as the spring. And out of the blue, he announces that he's ready to make a commitment, which uh, now that we look back at it, it does make sense, and we'll talk about why the timing uh, does add up for why he ended up at, at Duke. But, uh, Sean, just first and foremost, it's, you know, first, first things first, Derek is an awesome kid. Love him to death. He's going to be a fantastic basketball player, uh, one of my favorite recruits to talk to and interact with and get, you know, information behind the scenes on in a very long time. Really, really like him. His mom is fantastic. Wishing him all the best. Wish he would have ended up at Kentucky. Uh, but uh, first, just – Hats off to Derek. Just lo- love him to death. Great kid. And uh, wishing him all the best. But it hurts. It stinks, it Sean. It's, it's, it's a hit for the program. You can't, you can't spin it. It's a very damn good player going to play for John Shire at Duke. Anytime you lose the, the number two player in a class, you can't spin it, even when you have number one. It, it's, a, it's a massive loss. And regardless of what Kentucky follows it up with, you can't. You can't spin it. You can't spin it any other way, especially when you lose that that caliber of player to Duke, the the arch rival on the recruiting trail. To me, this game coming up in November, I mean, we're not even talking about games. We're talking about recruiting, but that game on November, what is it, 7th? 9th. Almost, 9th, that's right, 9th. Yeah. So November 9th, that, that game to me is pretty ginormous when it comes to the way Kentucky's – doing things now with NIL, the way Duke's doing things. Those are two, those are going to be the two programs at the forefront there. I just think that having bragging rights from that game at Madison Square Garden, the first time those two teams have played there, 
these little these little battles within the battle makes that even bigger in November. Yeah, it's it was one hell of a preview for what's expected to be one of the best games of the season uh, this upcoming college season between Kentucky and Duke. We got literally that in in recruiting form. I mean, it was a back and forth battle between Kentucky. I know that Cal was all in on Derek. You know, seven foot two offensive skills. One, you know, the best shot blocker in high school basketball. I mean, it, it's easy to see why the staff was so high on Derek Lively and prioritized him the way they did. Um, but it also makes a lot of sense for Duke and why he ended up at Duke and, you know, the, the brotherhood and all that garbage that, you know, we make fun of, you know, behind the scenes. For whatever reason, it's a pitch that's working. You know, I, I can't count on a sing, my, you know, one hand uh, the elite bigs in the NBA that went to Duke. I mean, we're talking – I mean – Zion Williamson, is he even a big? I'd consider him kind of a small forward-ish, you know, small ball four-ish type guy. But in terms of pure centers, I don't, you know, Marvin Bagley, he's kind of uh, well, being pawned off to anybody that'll take him by Sacramento. You go down the list, Duke really hasn't, you know, produced any elite bigs. Uh, and I, I don't understand why players like this want to go play for Duke, but – it's a pitch that's clearly working, and uh, you just got to kind of tip your cap to John Shire and that program because it, it's it's a flat out win no matter how which way you spin it. Yeah, and it's kind of concerning, right? That Kentucky's not able to kind of get out of that rut when it comes to the elite big man in a class. Uh, he goes to Duke still, so Kentucky will have to. And and Adem Bona is is a good player. He's an elite player, but it's not the number two player in the class. Like those are the guys that you you really want to see Cal go number one, number two. Livingston there and then Wallace you want to see those four top seven guys come yeah. off the board and, and return to uh to way Kentucky was doing things early on in John Calipari's tenure but Jack this is still going to be a very good class I had some people today DMing me asking me you know how can Kentucky how can we say Kentucky's back to dominating recruiting when they're not even going to have the top class and and they're not going to have the top class unless there's another guy that Kentucky kind of gets in on that's a surprise commitment that would join if they get Bona and get Wallace. It would take a sixth guy in this class to push Kentucky ahead of Duke with Lively there now. Yeah. But it's not it's not the ranking that got Kentucky back to dominance. It's the dudes that are in the class, the number one player. You got Livingston there as that as that guy that you can play the small ball for. You're going to likely have Case and Wallace the way that that's trending. It's the dudes that make up dominance, not the number beside the recruiting class. What it means is not only is Kentucky's class moving towards a dominant class, Duke's is as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, – it, I, I it, it's, it stinks. Like, I loved Lively's game. Mm -hmm. Wanted him at Kentucky. You wanted him at Kentucky more than anyone in this class. And it just – that's just how this thing works, right? You win some, you lose some. Kentucky's had a really good two weeks of recruiting. Then you had a, you had a day that Kentucky fans want to forget. But this was, coming soon, there'll be games you'll there'll be days you want to remember. Yeah, and this is clearly a a behind the scenes, under the table. This was a direct shot from Duke for Kentucky toward Kentucky. They this was a we see the recruiting momentum that Kentucky has with Shaden Sharp and Chris Livingston, and you know their things were trending up with Case and Wallace, and you know at the time things were still looking pretty solid with. 
with Derek Lively and, you know, Adem Bona, we know how much he likes UK and, and that connection. We're obviously going to talk a ton about him here in just a minute. But things were trending in a very, you know, momentum. Kentucky had all of the momentum on the recruiting trail. And it's very clear that this was a, you know, whether the Duke insiders and the Duke staff was – privately willing to tell people oh yeah you know we got some things brewing we you know we got this kid locked up you know for the better part of you know Friday you know Friday leading up to the decision the rest of the day Friday you know very very late Friday there was some very slight buzz that Kentucky uh, would not be the choice and that Duke was going to be the one but for the most part I mean they did a really good job of keeping this thing under wraps Um, and this was I mean it was 100% a John Shire special this was a a Duke special. Think what happened with, I, I mentioned this on the last podcast before things started becoming clear throughout the weekend that this is what John Shire does. Look at the Kyle Filipowski commitment. That was right after Kentucky had offered. They were picking up steam. I'm telling you guys that are listening to this show. I was talking to people close to the program. They were about to go all in on Filipowski. They thought that he was the most skilled big in the class and that I think that they liked him more than they liked Derek Lively, to be totally, totally honest with you. I think they liked him a little bit more than Derek Lively. They were about to go all in with him, and Duke stepped in, kind of saw that momentum shifting, and said, now let's get this kid locked up. And whatever they do to close on these kids, it works. They did the same thing with Paolo Bancaro last year. They've done it with guys like Derek Whitehead and obviously Kyle Filipowski, and now Derek Lively. They are (laughs) – they are closing with these kids and it's, I mean, you can, you can hate them. You can hate them all you want, but they're good at what they do. They get the job done. They always have. And that's just, that's part of it. It's, it's such a challenge now to get those guys. Once Duke made the switch to trying to get those one and done pieces, Duke's not slowed down, Jack. Now it's not translated to final fours and national championships the same way it hasn't for Kentucky. But that's not changing for these two programs. They're both, when you look at the top 10, top 15, moving forward, Kentucky and Duke are going to be littered throughout it. One year, one of them's going to have number one. The other one's going to have number two. One year after that, it's going to be flipped. I do think that those are going to be the two programs, number one and number two, moving forward in this new game of college basketball that we're moving into with NIL and all these other opportunities. But both teams are going to have really good classes. And there's going to be head-to-head battles that Kentucky's going to win. And Duke's going to win. You just want to see Kentucky start winning these with these bigs, though, these elite bigs. They're getting, they're getting the perimeter guys back to getting the number one guy in Shaden Sharp, but you want to see them land a big that is a top two, top three guy. And he might not be a top two, top three guy, but Adem Bone is up next. And this is a guy that we've talked extensively on this podcast about how high we are in his game. Look, if you're looking for a one-year – ready-made college basketball player at the you know in the front court somebody that is going to produce at a high level from day one you're not going to find a better player than a Dembona we said that I think even the staff agrees that in terms of a day one floor of who what their day one production is going to be at the collegiate level there's a lot of truth to a Dembona being higher than than Derek Lively from from day one. Now, if we're talking about pro potential and you know po- you know being a potential all star and those sorts of things, not close. Derek Lively easily has the better potential, and you're not gonna you know convince anybody otherwise. But in terms of day one, what you're gonna what they're going to bring to the table at the collegiate level, uh, Adem Bona is it's at best 
a wash with Derek Lively, maybe even more college ready than, than Lively is from day one. So that's not going to be an issue. The, the reason why there's so much kind of, you know, frustration with this commitment and Derek being a, a blue devil outside of the location of where he's going, it's just, it's just the number next to his name. I mean, if, we, if we're – when push comes to shove, a Dembona may be the better fit for what UK is trying to do, you know, alongside Sky Clark, alongside Shaden Sharp. Um, you know, Cason Wallace is next up among the guards, the last piece that they have there. And then Chris Livingston is a small ball four. UK wants to pick up the pace, you know, capitalize on versatility and maximize shooting, scoring – athleticism they want this to be a fast run and gun type team and a Dembona he's a dude that he's going to do all the dirty work he's going to run the floor extremely well we know how well he runs the floor he's going to grab all the tough rebounds if Shaden Sharp misses a you know you know misses a three he's going to be the cleanup guy down low Derek Lively can provide that as well but he is not the brute strength you know strong just college ready you know, grown man that a Dembona is. And that's just a fact. And in terms of what UK is looking for, I think when push comes to shove, this is going to be a net win. It's obviously going to be a huge win. It's a win-win situation. I would have preferred UK to get both of them. UK was recruiting both of them to play together, but how this could potentially play out, this is, it's going to still be a win for the Kentucky program and everything's going to be okay. And, and something about a Dem and this is probably a term that you hear more about with football players, but I think that when you watch his tape, Jack, he, he's really twitchy athletic, athletically. Like he has that burst and that explosiveness at his frame that makes him so impressive and his motor at his frame. Like that clip that was going around on Twitter about a month or so ago where he blocks a shot and then rim runs and just crams on someone. Like that, that is a Dembona yeah. at his best. And, and the way that this roster shapes out with Chris Livingston playing that small ball four, a Dem fits. The, the, you need that physical presence. But I'm not going to spin it and say that I wanted a Dem in this class over Derek Lively. I don't think anyone in their right mind would say that. Uh, you, Lively, to me, has the more upside in the high-end potential moving forward throughout his career. But a Dembona is going to be a pro. A yeah. Dembona is not – it's not like a, just a consolation prize. A Dembona is a very good basketball player if they get him. And you can still do all those special things that we're talking about with this class without Derek Lively in it. Yeah. I mean, just that's just – this class is still going to be very, very good. It's still going to finish, in my opinion, with at least three top ten guys. Where does, where does a Dem finish when this class is all said and done? Could be four. I don't know how he's going to rise in some of those other rankings. That's kind of what has hurt his rankings is how – He's 10th and one, and then he's so far off in the others. You'd like to see that be more consistent as you move throughout the winter and into the spring, and probably a good a good final season here of basketball probably gets him to that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, – in mean, talking to people behind the scenes and, you know, basketball people in the recruiting world and, and in the college world, there's – there, there's some serious talk that Bona will end up as a surefire top 10 player that mm-hmm. – don't look at the rivals ranking that has him at 34 or whatever it is. He's, he is not a 30. He's not the 34 best player in high school basketball. He's not. Um, I mean, if you watch him and you see him with your own two eyes, it is impossible to look at that and go, that's there are 33 better players in, in high school basketball than him. There's just not, he is ready made for the college game. And I I'd put him up against any other big, in terms of college readiness out there right now, I think that he is, he is a potential perfect fit at Kentucky and 
there's a reason why Kentucky is going all in on him to close out this class. Yes, they wanted Derek Lively. They wanted them both to play together. They would have loved taking both of their commitments. But make no mistake about it, the pressure is on now for Kentucky to land him. Uh, and, Sean, now we got to talk about the chances of that happening because uh, I, I will say that as much as Adem Bona likes Kentucky and UK was their, his dream school growing up, it was the one offer that he wanted when he you know, became a surefire, high-profile recruit. Um, there's some ground for Kentucky to make up. I'm going to be totally honest with you. UK has some, some work to do, and it has to do with how hard they went in on Derek Lively and that Adem Bona didn't feel like he was – the staff's top priority. And I think that's something that, uh, that UK is going to have to kiss some butt and, you know, smooth things over with, with a damn bonus camp, because uh, as of right now, he feels like a rebound to Derek Lively and UK's efforts going after him. He feels like a, uh, a rebound and, you know, a secondary option in the class and UK doesn't feel that way. They wanted both of them. And that's been their pitch the whole time. But he's always, you know, he's seen the numbers next to his name. He's seen how, uh, you know, Lively was the very first recruit that they went to go see when the in-person recruiting period uh, began on September 9th, I believe. He saw all of that buzz, and he's kind of thinking, I, I'm capable. I'm, I'm ready to play. You know, I, I'm, I'm the guy that wants to commit right now, and you guys don't want me. You guys aren't pushing for me that way. You guys offered me later than everybody else it's it's kind of been one of those frustrating things for Bono where he's ready to put his money where his mouth is and commit and it didn't he didn't feel like the staff was prioritizing him the same way and Sean that is going to be the next challenge for Kentucky is making him feel like he's wanted in this class and that he is their top priority do you think that they're able to do that Sean I think so because in the end it's Kentucky and it's an unbelievable opportunity. And I think that when push comes to shove with it, if they really want a dim and they go all, all in on a dim here moving forward, it's Kentucky. And a dim bone is going to look at that and see, Jack, that he's different than anyone else in this class that Kentucky's going to have. His spot is there. Now it's going to be, hey, go take it. Like who like, here's here's my thought process. Go take it now. If if you really want to be at Kentucky, put all this, you know, feelings and stuff to the side of being prioritized. That's recruiting. That's all over college basketball. Put it to the side. Claim your spot because here's why. Take it because you don't know, is there a name out there right now in basketball somewhere that we're not talking about that will emerge and develop? And then Kentucky looks at and says, oh, man, I, that guy could, could take this spot. I mean, we don't see it, but there's always those names that just come out of nowhere late you got transfer portal and all this stuff in the spring like go go get your spot right now because it's there now like it's you're the guy you are 110 the guy go to kentucky let kentucky forget about Derek lively go show them why you are the better option and why this worked out in your favor if you want to be the main guy in this class or the main big in this class that, that would be my my thought process i do think that it gets I think everything gets taken care of, Jack. I don't think that there will be any issues. Just me personally, I just think that that's too big of an opportunity to to not kind of smooth it over because he's definitely you have to you have to think that that's going to be the top phone call for John Calipari right now moving forward is to get a dim in this class and it it you know all these other recruits, Shaden Sharp, Scott Clark, Cal's going to want all these dudes going all in on a dim to get him in this class and sooner the sooner the better. 
because it softens the blow of losing Lively. And I will say, you say that's going to be his first call. I'm here to tell you right now, it was his first call tonight. There was contact made, and, and I, I heard of a text message direct from Coach Cal uh, right after Derek Lively's commitment that he said, it's go time, it's time to go get a Dembo now. So he knows that, that this, is, this is it. And look, there's the, I understand both sides because if you're a Dem, you know how good you are at basketball. You know what you could bring to the table. You've shown it at, at the you know, MBPA Top 100 camp. You, saw, you showed it at, at FIBA's. You showed it at, at Peach Jam. You have proven yourself with the coaching staff they're watching. The coaching staff was there for every one of his games at Peach Jam. They watched his games at FIBA. They were there every game at the MBPA Top 100 camp. They, you know, they saw him. They, they, you know, he did the work on his end. So in his mind, he's like, why can't, why aren't they, you know, and, responding with and, that same love? And my thought is this, and I wasn't saying anything like pettiness and anything in recruiting. We, we know what all goes on. I mean, all these guys want to be prioritized number one. That's just how this thing works. But we also know in the past that you got to be careful about how you approach Kentucky. You got to be careful about how you approach John Calipari with things because John Calipari is the kind of guy, Jack, that if he sees that you're not all in with it on recruiting or you're kind of hesitant or something, he's going to turn and go the other direction. Yeah. Now, I don't know what direction that is when it comes to a big man in 22, but I'm just saying a, a dim, if he truly wants Kentucky, and we know that he he does. We've known that for a while. He is pro he prioritized and wanted that offer for a while. Finally happened. We expected it to kind of quickly move, but we knew the situation with Derek Lively. You you wanted it's one of those situations when you have two guys at that position, you want to be thorough with it. You want to approach it and say we can play both of you guys together, but you're tr just trying to kind of you're keeping one happy while trying to keep the other happy, but in the end you're wanting to get a commitment from whoever yeah. you're prioritizing. Yeah. Well, Derek Lively was the priority. It didn't work out. Kentucky now needs to make a Dembona feel like he was still priority. They were both of equal importance here. And I'm sure that Cal's going to be able to get it done. I just think that when you look at this class, the way it's pieced together, a Dem just has an opportunity here if he wants it, that there's no one in this class like him. There's no one out else out there like him that Kentucky can go get. It's a Dembona or, or nothing, really, the way this thing stands. I like John Calipari's odds when, they, when it's stacked against him to get what he needs. And I think Kentucky will get what they need in the Dimbona. And I will say, I, I don't want this to sound like it's this big fractured relationship that no. that there's there's all this work that's left to do, and that they're you know that there's oh UK is going to strike out on this kid too. As I said on Friday's episode, and things changed like literally like three hours after I posted this, I had another phone call and they're like, yeah, they're probably not going to, you know, probably not going to go through with that. So I was like, yeah, whatever. But I said on this show that there was a very brief conversation about pushing his commitment date up to as early as today, this week in general, but today as a, Hey, we might beat Derek lively to the punch and commit first uh, to, to Kentucky. And that a dem like a dem was, serious about that and I mean it was uh, within a couple hours it was like now nah, we're going to slow this down we but part of the so like you know we're just talking just a few days ago he, he was still thinking about committing to Kentucky that was still at the, the forefront of his mind but he took an official visit to Kansas and here this is a look into Adem's mind right now so you guys can kind of see where this like 
hesitancy came from. He's been in contact with UCLA constantly. They are all in on him. They want him bad. They are saying all the right things, and they're doing, you know, offering all the promises. A guy that didn't feel like he was the biggest priority for the Blue Blood, UCLA is going out of their way to show that you are the one guy we want. You're our biggest priority. Saying all the right things for a guy that's kind of has his feelings a little hurt about about another school's uh, prioritization of him. It's a it's a winning pitch ten times out of ten for a kid in in a Dem's shoes. UCLA UCLA is all in on him. Kansas had a phenomenal visit with him this weekend. They you know did a hell of a job of of making him feel like a priority and uh, you know showing him how he'd fit with the you know program. It just because of the other factors involved. Kentucky before this was the only real school on his mind. And UCLA and Kansas have now given him something to think about. And I think that is something that, and on top of the NBL route, that's also on the table for him, another pro route. But I I don't think that's at the forefront of his mind either. I I think this was a, all he could focus on was Kentucky. That was his dream school growing up. These other two schools in UCLA and Kansas made him feel like a top priority and it made him take a step back and go, okay, maybe there are other options out there for me. I still love Kentucky, but these other schools are showing me what I'm looking for. I want Kentucky to show that same love. All that I think all this boils down to is he wants to get on campus. He has a scheduled visit for October 1st through the 3rd. I wouldn't be shocked if that gets moved up. He is he wants to visit UCLA and in Kentucky before making a decision. We are at most a couple weeks away from a decision. At like I mean, at the very very most. And that's a big weekend. That's a big weekend in Lexington. That's Kentucky, Florida. So you'd have a huge environment at Kroger Field to kind of show off the fan base to him if you can get it done. I mean, this is one that you know John Calipari, like they, they wanted to get Shade and Sharp finally committed. That was the first domino. Chris Livingston was a bit of a surprise, right? Like a month ago, we weren't factoring Chris Livingston and being in this class, Jack. Like that's the twist and turns that recruiting takes us on that you never know. And because, I mean, I was just now reading an article from a month ago just trying to catch up on the timeline of some stuff that's happened with the Dimbone, and there was no mention of Chris Livingston being a Kentucky Wildcat anywhere. Yeah, in an article, and now he's he's in this class and has been for a week now. Uh, but with a dim, getting him on campus is big. You do have some con- competition there with Kansas. Anytime Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, someone like that's calling, you've got competition regardless of the situation. Those programs they speak for itself. Uh, Kentucky's got to get him on campus, show him he's a priority. Once he sees campus and gets in that environment, and you get face to face with John Calipari. I just think it's going to be hard to say no. To Kentucky, especially because Adim sees that. He sees the opportunity he has in a front court. We don't know what's going to return from this front court at Kentucky. Yeah. We have no idea, but we know that Adim Bona has a significant role in it, whatever it looks like. That's the thing that I, I think will be hard for him to say no. Yeah. All, all, all of this extra stuff that we're talking about, the emotions and the you know complaints and the worries about you know how much of a priority all of that stuff can go away with an awesome visit and Sean I I wouldn't be shocked if both of these visits get moved up I mean this is uh, the last conversation I had literally an hour before we you know put these headsets on and, and talked about this they they thought as of right now the visit stays where it is that that weekend but just kind of my gut feeling if he if they were willing to push up the commitment date just kind of at the 
snap of a finger like that, if they're really focused on getting this recruitment over with and kind of settling down and going, where does he fit in? Where does he want to be? Why is this going to drag out another two, three weeks? Why wouldn't, you know, he set up a visit to UCLA later this weekend and then Kentucky a couple days later, or, uh, if you're Kentucky, do you even let him get on another campus? Do you let him get to UCLA? If you know that you have to get a Dembona, do you even let them get to that point? Or do you push for a commitment tomorrow? Do you say, we are get- we need this kid now. Let's get this wrapped up. Come get on and campus and let's get it done. And that shows priority, right? If you yeah. approach it that way, I don't want you to go to UCLA. No, you let's get this thing done now. You want to be a Kentucky Wildcat? <clears throat> Here's your opportunity. That would be showing priority. That shows somebody that you don't want them to get on that plane and go somewhere else and take a visit. Uh, but overall, though, this this class is going to still be here in a few weeks. I'm confident we're still going to be sitting here talking about how great this class is, mm-hmm. numbers-wise, but not just the number beside of it. Like, I've talked to you about this number one and number two rating beside Kentucky's classes. Number one in past years is going to look so different. The number is going to look the same, but when you dive into the guys in this class, that's where you see the different ingredients. Mm-hmm. The end result's going to be the same. It's going to have a number one, but what you put inside that thing is what's going to be the difference. And it comes to a Dembona and Case and Wallace, Jack. And if they can get if they can get Bona to kind of pull the trigger here pretty soon, you know Wallace is coming. We already got that date set. Could get bumped up even sooner. Depending on what Kentucky does, if they want to go for a six guy, if somebody surprises, let's say for let's say somebody is a mid-year transfer. It happens every now and then. We've seen it happen at Kentucky. We've seen it happen at other places. Let's say somebody this year is not happy. Mid-year decides to roll out, or they lose a guy that surprises them. Somebody gets ends up being really, really good and leaves sooner. You could take a six guy from the high school route if someone emerges. Yep. But for the most part, I, I fully expect this class to be complete in that early period in the fall. Yeah, I mean, we're trending that way. We know Adem's not going to get there. I would be – I mean, he's still – Kaysen's still saying that he's wanting to do that November 7th date. I'm still – Look, that uh, that kid was so happy when he put on that UK jersey and those pictures. That smile on his face was so big that if he goes anywhere other than in Kentucky yeah. at this point, I'd be surprised. Just He looked like he had – he looked like a kid on Christmas morning <laughs> when he had on that UK jersey. Yeah, and I will say I heard some pretty positive things about his visit to Tennessee this Tennessee. past weekend. Um, that things went really well. The staff was the exact quote I got was cautiously optimistic about how things went and how they uh, they think that they've solidified itself as a not overwhelming favorite because they know that Kentucky's right there, but that they have kind of firmly put itself in the running for him. How many times have we used that same phrase for Kentucky though? in a late visit, cautiously optimistic. How many times have we heard that exact same phrase about either a Derek Lively or Jalen Dern, cautiously optimistic? Mm-hmm. And how often do they end up? Yeah, there, there's cautiously optimistic, and then there's confident. Yes, and I think Kentucky's side has a lot of confidence right now in where they are with Kaysen. I, I mean, think of how the leaks came out almost immediately after the visit where it was like a yeah. Yahtzee. It was like a – and we've seen that before, too, though. Remember when Cade Cunningham left campus and we all was like, man, Cade Cunningham's a part of this class. I mean, that's the thing that people I'm, – I'm hoping our listeners get that. I know that we get absolutely criticized, and rightfully so sometimes. We're wrong every now yeah, and then. Yeah. 
but there's so much that changes with this. And I know that that's the easiest cop out when it comes to something, Jack, is that things changed. Honestly, there's really nothing else we can say sometimes. Things change. Recruiting changes by the day, by the hour. And look, these are kids. There's feelings involved. And it's easy to hurt feelings if you don't. That's why recruiting is the messiest thing you'll ever do. That's why these guys get paid the millions of dollars. It's not just to coach basketball games. They're dealing with the, the biggest stuff that they deal with is right now when they're trying to make sure that these kids are happy and they get them on campus and they get a signature. Because yeah. that's the biggest win of all is when you finally get that done. You, you talk about things being fluid, and, and it's, it just cracked me up because uh, – and I told you this as it was happening because it was just so like – so I was on the prowl Friday when the news dropped because I truly – I said it on the show, I had no idea – where Derek Lively was going because I had I had heard positive things about Kentucky. You didn't know I, Saturday night. I I, I mean I, I well I, I was well you had an idea. Growing, but... I was feeling a lot more confident about it, but but I truly did not know no until Sunday. But you know during the day that that's when I started feeling confident. But I will say Friday while I was having these conversations of hey is you know where's Derek going? I, I like I said on the show I had a hundred text messages and phone calls and DMS out. I mean, it was such a whirlwind of the, of a day. One of the phone calls I had, we were talking about, uh, about Derek and where he was going. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of hearing some of these buzz. I, I, I'm hearing some of these vibes. You know, I'm not really sure. Then I get a follow up from the same person. He called me back like five minutes later. He said, what, what would happen if a Dem beat Derek to the punch? And I said, what, what are you talking about? He was like, yeah, what if, what if he committed, like before Derek did on Monday. And I was like, like with like within the next couple of days, Monday, like he's going to, I haven't heard anything about that. He was like, yeah, I just got a, a call that they're thinking about pushing that up till to, to Monday. They're thinking about beating Derek to the punch. And I was like, where did that come from? Like that was I, completely out of left field. And then within, you know, I, we, recorded this podcast and you know they were kind of like a couple hours later they're like you know they might still do that i, I i'm still I'm not 100 sure so i kind of use that as a i preface by saying there's some talk about potentially moving it up but there's interest in moving up his commitment regardless and then by the next morning after you know we put this podcast up at 10 p.m or whatever it was by the next morning that same person called me back and they're like yeah they're not going to push it up they're, they're not going to move it up till monday it's they're they're going to take a step back and really weigh their options they want to see lexington they want to go on campus they want to feel prioritized blah 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 everything that we talked about on this show so it's that's rightfully so things that's just how quick things can go from like one complete extreme to the other and and here's my take on it i'm okay with this tonight like i'm okay with the news that Derek lively's at duke and like i mean obviously i we all wanted Derek lively at kentucky but i'm saying like i'm okay that that duke is the headline tonight because and, and you don't and there it would have been great right if Kentucky just followed it up tonight with the commitment from a Dembona, but yeah. I, I'm okay with Duke having the day or so, and then you let Kentucky go on a stretch stretch again and they get a Dembona, and then they follow it like maybe a week or so later with Casey Wallace. It's all about that PR and keeping that momentum running, and it's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Again, and you yeah. and you space out this positive PR, and I'm telling you, Kentucky Duke leading up to that game to start the regular season. It would be fantastic there if you could get two commitments in the span of a couple weeks leading up to the regular season 
And then you, you get some of that positive momentum for him. Look, this positive momentum that John Calipari's had, it's not going away. He just landed the number one guy in the class two weeks ago and then followed it with another top five player in Chris Livingston. Yeah. yeah. It's not going away because Derek Lively went to Duke tonight. Derek Lively and Duke, Duke is doing a great thing right now. Kentucky is too. And you're going to lose some, you're going to win some. Kentucky's still in excellent position. If they can get the two guys that they want to close this thing, then that's a class that, depending on who comes back off this team, they're still they're going to be two teams that are going to be fighting for preseason number one. Absolutely. I mean, Cal is calculated in the way he does things. We know this. He was calculated, and and when he we when we got the commitments from Shaden Sharp and, and Chris Livingston, uh, we're I mean everything Cal does is calculated, and that was another another side aspect of the the Adembona timeline of things after after it kind of became clear that we weren't going to get a, get a decision today to beat Derek to the punch it wasn't going to be in the next couple of days type deal it was a keep your eye on Case and Wallace and Cal trying to time Adem's commitment yeah. to Kentucky with Kaysen to get the back to back, not you know day you know one day and then the next day. Cal has done that before. We remember EJ Montgomery and Ashton Hagens back to back. But but he, there's always a rhyme yeah. or reason to Cal's news. He Look how spaced out the transfer portal was in the spring. Look how spaced out it was. Yeah. And then you had the Davion Mintz news late in the summer when everything was dead. Like he's like I said last week, Cal is so intentional in everything that he does, and not in a bad way, like intentional in a good way. Everything, there's a plan to a lot of things that he does. He understands. That's why he would be an excellent front office guy, in my opinion. He understands PR. He understands how to run this program and how to keep things moving in a positive direction. Uh, I mean, look look at what Kentucky did when Twitter first became a thing. Who was the coach that was dominating Twitter? It, it was Cal. Yeah. He understood how to use that platform, and I just think that he gets it. I think he knows what moves the needle when it comes to recruiting in the PR with winning recruitments, even when they weren't getting the elite of the elite guys, he still found a way to make Kentucky fans feel like it was the elite of the elite because he was putting guys back-to-back, Ashton Hagens, E.J. Montgomery. All throughout the years, he's been doing an excellent job with that, Jack, and I just think that he's got something up his sleeve. John Calipari's not just going to kick back the night and, and just soak in his tears. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to dig his heels in. And uh, finish this thing off. I think. Yeah, I'd be upset today. You know, you know how much I love Derek Lively. You know that this would have been a big get for me, and I would have been really excited about it. And Duke fans should be should be very excited. Pat yourselves on the back. is It's a hell of a get. But this is not make or break for Kentucky. Kentucky is still in fantastic position. Mm-hmm. They're going to ramp things up with the Dembona. They're going to smooth things over. And it would take a real – I mean, I would be really just taken aback if if they don't find a way to smooth that situation over and, and get him locked up at some point in the relatively near future. Case and Wallace, I, you know, I'd still give Kentucky the very mm-hmm. solid, solid lead on that. And think, good days are ahead. Can, Kentucky's not scrambling is what I'm wanting to get off here. I, I don't want them everybody to think that Kentucky's scrambling. Now, has Cal scrambled some in the past? Late. Yeah. Late they have, absolutely. When they've missed out on priority number one, James Wiseman, they were scrambling, right? Mm-hmm. They've scrambled before. This is not scrambling. 
That's why they went after a dim. They targeted a dim. It's the same reason why it was Casey Wallace and Nick Smith Jr. Yep. You have plans. You have those two. You have those three guys there that you're looking at. And then it comes down to where does this thing shake out? Derek Lively to Duke. Now we see what happens with the Dimbona. Absolutely. We'll uh, be on top of it on this show. We'll continue to provide updates and news as, as it rolls out. Sean, this was a lot of fun. Uh, everything will be okay. Everything in the, the world of BBN is going to all be good, and uh, we'll be along for the ride with you guys. So, Sean, with that, let's get out of here. Where can fans find your work? You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. You can find me on Twitter at JackPilgrimKSR. Reach out to me via email at JPilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for another jam-packed Sources Say podcast. We will see you then. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.